You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hi, this is Olivia Cook. And I'm Amber Daphne. And this is The Empowered Woman. Badass and unfiltered. My co-host Amber and I created this podcast to highlight the badass women we know and love. We did this with the goal of empowering women and supporting each other on the journey of life and business. We show women that they can still be a badass, make a difference in the world, leave a legacy, all while rocking their femininity. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, I have a really, really cool guest. And this is for anyone that has an amazing story that doesn't really know how to tell their story or what to tell about it. She will be sharing her story and giving you tips on how to share yours as well. She is the six-figure speaking success strategist, award-winning speaker expert, best-selling author, and contributing author to the well-known chicken noodle soup, I mean, chicken soup for the soul. <laughs> she has taught thousands of business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders her step-by-step proven speaker training and presentation coaching systems. Due to her effective training methods, these speakers are able to magnetize their audience, monetize their message, and make an impact. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story, Miss Amanda Rose Igo. Uh, thank you, Olivia. I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So I would love to hear more about your story. Now, before, I'm just going to let the listeners know, we did do an exclusive on some public speaking tips, and that is on my YouTube channel, Life Hacks with Liv. Definitely check that out. The link is in the show notes below. Also, her links to both of her books are in the show notes below, as well as her free offer. Now, sorry, I'm going to continue to let you talk. <laughs> Well, I'm just, I'm super excited to be here. You, I just love your energy and I know that you're helping so many people with this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I would love to hear one of the stories that you share that helps others most, that you found that helps others most, because you've been doing this for 16 years, you've been public speaking for 21 years. So you've got a lot of experience on sharing your story. I do. I do. So I, I will do what I normally do in front of live audiences. So you can kind of hear my story about my experiences. And just a preface, this is one little snippet of my life because we have life experiences and then many of them, we either rise to the occasion or we let them take them, take us out. And I've had many of them. So this is just one snippet of it. So many people look at me and think that speaking has been easy for me. And that is not the case at all. When I was a little girl, when I was six years old, I was bubbly. I was vibracious. I was happy. And I just had this positive, joyous personality. And then my life changed completely. I came home from kindergarten to discover that my dad had disappeared. He literally vanished into thin air. No one knew what happened to him. It was like he often went and gone. So I'm talking to my mom and I'm asking her, I said, mom, did, did you call the police? She said, I did. No one knows what happened to him. He hasn't been home in two days. 
We can't find him. We've called the friends. We've called work. He's literally vanished into thin air. And as a little girl, I was really disturbed by that because I felt like I must have done something if my father left or disappeared. What did I have to do with it? I was daddy's little girl. Where did he go? Why is he coming home? And I went from this really happy-go-lucky to a kid to really shy, quiet, reserved little girl because I was so afraid if I talked, maybe people would leave me. Maybe people would disappear. Maybe they would vanish. So I had this whole dialogue in my head about what happened to my dad. Now, we did find out four years later that my dad had took off to another state. He never told us where he went. We didn't know what happened to him. And we didn't find out that he took off until we learned that he died. That's how we figured out what happened to him. So for four years, my dad was literally vanished, not knowing where he was. And now as I started to change from that, sh from that outgoing little girl to shy, quiet, it really impacted me in my social skills because I was so afraid what people would think about me because if my dad left or disappeared, then I must have had something to do with it. So as I became an adult, I had buried that little quiet, that happy-go-lucky girl and became that shy, quiet, reserved. And as I became an adult, I started to have real communication challenges. Every other word was ah or um. I had nervous laughter, so I would speak. I would say something. I was talking to you, Olivia. I would say something, and then I would giggle afterwards, which is like an eraser to everything that I was saying. I would get in public situations, and my hands would shake so bad I had to sit on them. So I was really uncomfortable in anything around other people. And my inside voice was just beat me up all the time and tell me I was bad and I was worthless and don't talk and nobody wants to hear from you. That's how I lived my life for a really long time. And fate has a habit of putting us in ways that we don't expect. Fate has a habit of pushing us out of our comfort zones. So here I am, I'm now in my 40s. And then I have to, I can't communicate. I'm still the queen of the odds and I'm nervous laughter. And I take a job with a nonprofit organization. And they tell me I have to speak in front of hundreds of people. My worst nightmare. I was a horrible communicator. I said, why would you give this job to me when I can't communicate? And here's where I rose to the occasion. I took my biggest challenges and used them as a catalyst to figure out how to fix them and to do my job successfully. And through the process of doing that, my confidence raised, my ability to communicate raised. I found that I actually was really my creative element and my ability to create interesting presentations came out. I had board members from the organization come up to me and tell me that I needed to teach every person what I was doing in the organization. So here's where I took a negative situation and used it as a catalyst. And now if somebody says to me, I can't do this, Amanda Rose, I'm like, oh, we need to talk. Because if I can overcome it, if I can overcome my challenges, anybody can. Anybody. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, um, there, there was a lot in your story and I want to touch on each little piece, actually. <laughs> because even though you just gave us a snippet, it was it's still very, very powerful losing your father basically at the age of six, even though you found out at 10 where he had gone and that, that had to be so traumatic. And I know that childhood traumas are things that we hold on and keep to for years. So how did you, what were some of the steps you took to heal from that? You know, the interesting thing is by go, and I, I love this part of speaking is when you go out and share your story and then you show how you overcame something and people come up to you and they say, thank you for sharing your story. I can totally relate. My dad disappeared too. Yeah. My dad wasn't in my life. It heals those, those negative situations, those negative experiences. It now has a purpose. It happened to me for a reason. Because if that didn't happen, I wouldn't be the Amanda Rose that I am today. It couldn't have been. Maybe other situations could have happened, but that clearly was something that I needed to overcome so that I could help other people overcome it too. 
And so by having my people comment and tell me that that my story helped them, you know, knowing that somebody else could move past their dad disappearance and overcome those things is, is the easiest way for me personally to heal the stuff that's happened in my life. It just shows how important it is to share your story. Everyone has one, but it, it will allow you to heal when you do so. I've, and I've experienced that as well with sharing certain parts of my life with people it it all becomes like, oh, that's not that bad anymore because I've said it so much. I know it. It's my story. But you hear somebody else's and you're, you're just like, oh, my goodness. I feel so like, you know, you just you feel like those really traumatic, like, right. What, and it's, different things are traumatic for different people. So for me, when I hear things of people surviving war or like mm-hmm. sex trafficking, stuff like that. Those, I'm just like, phys- anything physical, I'm just like, oh, wow. Cause I, I feel like I feel it. Yeah, you feel it. I, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm an empath. So Me you too. empath, yeah, yep. <laughs> it's like- So they tell me the stories, I'm like, oh, Attaching me to myself all over the place. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you this earlier, but are you into human design at all? I know a little bit of it, but not um, a ton. I'm just asking because I'm wondering like what your human design is, if you're a projector or a manifester or anything like that. Because So what is my assistant has called, she, she knows what I am. I think one of them is a generator, right? And there, is there another one starts, what's, what are they? Can you give There's me? a generator, a manifesting generator. Like it's generator or manifesting generator. It's, it's one thing. Projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So I think she's called me a projector. (laughs) I feel like I'm projecting things to people, but what does that mean? So I, I interviewed someone that did um, human design and it, it just, the fact that you, that you're told that you're a teacher, that's a very much of a, projectors trait because they're here to advise. I'm also a projector. That's why I know these things about projectors. So <laughs> and I've been diving into all of these cool, interesting things. And um, I just, I found it pretty interesting. So I was like, just hearing all of your story and stuff like that. I was like, this is, and you're listening on the podcast. Okay. When I first met her, I was wearing blue and Amanda Rose was wearing blue. Yes. And right now, as we're recording, Amanda Rose is wearing green and I'm wearing green and it is just the funniest thing. So I just, I had, and that's off topic, but I really had to point that out because I was just like, that. there's so many weird connections right now and I love it. I'm all here for it. (laughs) (laughs) But back to your story. So you, you were very uncomfortable when you had to start public speaking, like most people are. And you chose to rise to the occasion. So what were, what was some of the thought process as you were rising to the occasion? Like the, the negative thoughts and the positive ones and what helped you get through it? Well, the, the negative was that, like, who, who am I, right? So being visible, being judged, being afraid of being criticized. I also grew up with a very critical mom and she, and she was working 60, 70 hours a week to keep a roof over her head and food in her mouth. She did a great job doing that, but she wasn't an emotionally available mother. So she was often very critical. So I lived with the, that critical languaging a lot from my house. And so I was very critical of myself, not good enough, not this, not that. And when I started, when people started to say positive things about it, like what, how I was impacting and how I did things differently and how it was unique, my confidence started to build. But I will share with you one time I was in my car and I had gone to a networking meeting and the voice in my head was just beating me up and telling me, why did you say that? I didn't do anything wrong, like, but why did you say that? This person's going to think of this. Why did you do that? 
you shouldn't have done this. It was like somebody was just like, it was the worst um, social media thug in the world in my head, right? Just beating me up. And I will share with you that I just, and this was before you had Bluetooth in the cars, right? I just started yelling at the voice, like literally yelling at it to stop. And so if you imagine me in my car, like you can't see us, but Livia can see me and just like, ah, 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 screaming at the boys, telling them to shut the F up. And I don't know what I'm telling to shut the F up. And it was so empowering. It stopped, right? Because it, it was like, it, it didn't have any power over me anymore because I was taking my power back and going, I'm sorry, this is effing unacceptable and you ain't doing this to me anymore. <laughs> Like that, it sounds like you had a real, like a switch go off almost because a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't do the self, the negative self-talk that happens in they, their head. They think that it's them and they think that that's, that's them and they can't detach from the negative things that, that are in their head. And, but you, it's like in that moment, it sounds like that was just like, boom, no, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I was, cause I have a social work background. So I was enough to knew enough to know that their thoughts, right. And we control our thoughts and what we, and it just got so bad that I just blew up at it. <laughs> and I just imagine people sitting next to me at the light while I'm screaming at the top of my head in my car and there's nobody there. Um, <laughs> and no Bluetooth at the time, but it really worked. It really worked. And the voice became less powerful. And if it did started to come up again, I'd be like, oh, nope, you uh, uh -uh. get out of here. Nope. Cause otherwise we're gonna have a conversation. <laughs> I love that. I, I do that to myself too. I mm -hmm. it's, it's a constant tear up and tear down. Now you've been in business for 16 years. And you've had your ups and downs, but you have a very successful business. Mm -hmm. So can you share when did your business start? Like how long was your journey of going from quitting your job, telling your husband, you know what? I'm leaving my, my job. I'm going to just start this business and I'm going to just take a chance. How long was that process? Okay. So the, the challenge that I had is I I went through other like personal development programs and I would look at what somebody did and thought, oh, I'm just going to model what they did, right? Well, it doesn't quite work that way because if you don't have the solid, I didn't have the solid foundation. I wasn't charging enough. I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to really talk about what I did. And I had some success, but the success wasn't enough to pay our bills, right? We had one of what I call come to Jesus conversation between my husband and I because he was, we were going through our savings and it got to a point where he was telling me, you need to go get a job. This is, we can't do this anymore. And luckily he came back to me and said, you know, I can't, I can't let you quit on your, on your dream. We'll figure it out. Just make it happen. Right. So I started to invest in coaches and I thought that would be, that would give me information that I needed. Right. Rather than trying to figure it out on my own, I wanted the quicker path. And so when I started to do that, I realized how, like I wasn't charging enough for what I was doing because I wasn't holding the value. I started to really own what I did and how I did it versus how other people do things. The thing that for me, that was the game changer was not only having like entry level programs, but having higher programs for people to join. That was a big change for me so that people could spend more time with me. I used to do like three hours of, you know, an hour, like some of coaches do, they do like, you know, you get three sessions. I do really intensive work with people. I'll either work with them during a half day, a full day, or, or my longer term program. So I have very programs that do really well, but I've fine tuned them. I've learned what people want, what do they don't want in programs. But I think for me, Olivia, so I really also looked at the, I think it was a big game changer is I looked at the other programs that had been through what was really great about those programs and what wasn't. So I used those as a catalyst to say, okay, so if I was in a, a program, where did the coach not deliver on what they're offering? Right. 
where did, where did I need more help where maybe I didn't get help? Did I need more time with the coach? Did I need the program to be longer? Did I need more interaction? Did I need to go to boot camps? What did I need? And anytime I structure any of my programs, I really tap in intuitively to feel what is the highest and best for the people that I would, that I want to call forth in that program. Not does what does Amanda Rose think the best thing? No, what do they need? And I think that was a game changer when I really kind of tapped in for myself and created my program based when I thought what people needed and what they wanted, like that combo was really when my program started to take off. What are some of the skills that are techniques that you use when it comes to tapping in to your inner authority? Is to ask myself. So when I, when I am not sure about something, right? So it's really important to get quiet and get grounded, you know, to have a space where you feel centered and calm. And then, so for example, if I'm thinking about, okay, if I'm going to, a launch a new webinar series, right? Okay, so I ask myself, once I'm calm and grounded, how does a webinar series feel? Does it feel like it's a 10 or higher? Or does it feel like it's a two? Okay, so then what would make that a 10? Right, so it's a, it's a question that I'm asking. And then if there's nothing that would make it a 10, is there something else that I'm supposed to be doing? Right. So tapping in and asking, because not always, not every idea that we, we think or somebody tells us to do that, that's a right fit for us. Right. So sometimes we've got to check in with ourselves. I always tell my clients is to, when they think, should I do something? I was like, how does it feel to you? And they're like, no, I'm like, there's your answer. If it's not fear talking, because fear will tell you no all the time, you just have to be in that calm, centered, grounded space where fear doesn't talk. And if it's a no, then you then you look at what what would make it a yes, or what would be what would replace it that would make it a yes. How much time do you spend? Um, I guess asking yourself these these things are, I guess not asking yourself. I mean, I guess it, when when it comes, it comes. So you you do, but for like the entrepreneurs that are listening that are investing in coaches and they're kind of just trying to do their, their strategies. And I see it. People do copycat things. I watch people that when they want to grow their Instagrams, they, they just find an Instagram that they like and they pretty much copy almost all of the pictures. And then there's no authenticity with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to ask is, with your clients that you have, like, so it, it, yeah, it started out as like, like, when do you know to do that? Right. Mm-hmm. When you have an indecision, right. So sometimes you get an opportunity to be like, oh yes. Right. So when we connected, it just felt like awesome. Right. And we already, we feel like that, that great. We gel really well together. That's the way at least I feel. And so the, you might have that immediate re- reaction, but if you're unclear about something, if you're not sure, then sit back and ask yourself those questions. So for example, I had somebody come to me who wanted a different program than what I normally offer, right? So I, instead of me just feeling out something off the top of my head, I said, let's do this. I'm going to sit with it. Let me, let me tune into what I think is, would be in your best interest. And then let's schedule a time to meet again. Because I didn't want to just spill out something that might not be make her happy and it might not make me happy, meaning that it might be not what she needs and not what I feel like I'm prepared to deliver. So what you want to kind of sit with some of those those decisions sometimes. You can have total yes decisions a lot. If it's in if you don't feel clear on it, then just go take a walk. Go sit somewhere. Just just try to ground and breathe. And so you can kind of check in with what feels right to you or not. Thank I, you for that. Yeah. And because I have many times that my clients have said to me, you know, this coach told me to do it and it didn't feel right. So I always say to, I tell them is that you have the right to say, no, Amanda Rose, that doesn't work for me. Amanda Rose, 
what else we got? <laughs> so, cause I want them to know that they can, they don't have to take the information that I'm sharing with them all the time and take it as is they can, they can form their own path. They can determine if something's the right fit for them. I had a coach, I'm going to say about five years ago, a multi-million dollar coach. And I, I loved his energy. I thought he was a, a great coach. So we worked on changing my branding a little bit and I couldn't quite find out. I didn't have at the time. I'm very clear on what it is now, but I wasn't clear back then. So he came, he suggested that I do speak your way to more sales. And I knew it wasn't right. So for six months, since we launched, when we launched it, no one contacted me about my services. No one, because I was completely out of alignment with it. It never felt right to me and I should have listened to myself, but I was like, he's the coach, right? So I thought that he's gotta be right about it. And when we don't feel good about something, it basically, when we feel out of alignment, it closes the door to stuff anyway. It's like putting a big wall up. Yeah. It's like the universe knows. It's like, you you don't want this. You really don't. It's not, you're, you're not, you're not on the right vibration. So it's, it's just, it's not going to come to you. You're not, it's not the proper frequency. You're not on that right radio station. Um, for anyone that's listening that does not know what I mean by vibration. <laughs> yeah, so it's not in alignment. It doesn't feel right to you. Right? It doesn't resonate with you. And so when you put it out there, it doesn't, nothing happens. Now you do want to check your fear and you got to check, make sure fear is not talking because fear will tell you it's not going to work. It's not going to vibrate. It's not going to do any of that. And you are just going to make sure that it's because you, you just feel in your heart, your soul, your gut, that something's not right. And after those, like that six months, when, when did you, um, what did you rebrand yourself to after that? Okay. It didn't last long. It was heart centered speaking. <laughs> it didn't last long, but today, so I go, as you mentioned in my earlier thing, so six figure speaking success strategist, my tagline is magnetize your audience, monetize your message, make an impact. So it started out as magnetize your audience, monetize your message, but something was missing, which is make an impact. <laughs> and making an impact is so important. And a lot of speakers that really do, they actually want to make an impact in mm -hmm. the world. And that's, that's my goal here with this podcast is to really just empower women all over the world and let them know that they can do so many things. They just, they need to know that they can do it. And sometimes like it might just be one, they hear one specific thing and they're like, you know what? Yes. And it just, it might change their lives. Like if it just changes, if it helps one person somewhere virtually, I think that would be the coolest thing. And, um, that's kind of what made me start doing this podcast, but I, I love that about your message and making an impact. Yeah. Cause we're, women were driven by that. Part of the reason that people want to share their stories, they want to inspire other people by their experiences. It's key. The thing around sharing your story is you want to make sure that you've, you've found the breakthrough, right? So it starts with the breakdown, the thing that happened, then in order to really have that impact, you've got to be able to share the breakthrough. Because if, if you can't share the good in the story, we're really not making an impact that we want. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because there's enough sad stuff going on in the world right now. <laughs> The newsfeed in Facebook, right? Or I can't handle that. Being, we talked about being an empath before. So empaths in particular, it's you hear about someone's dog dying, their mom was sick, this not. It's like, oh, just my heart goes, and I just feel tired, exhausted after two minutes. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to read the newsfeed. Yes. I also, also just going during COVID when it first happened, like March, April, I could not go to the grocery store because the people were going crazy. And I found myself helping people in the store that I didn't work at because they were just freaking out. I'm like, Hey, okay, let's, let's calm down. What do you need? 
Let me help you find it. I don't work here, but we're going to find it together. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel it. And I asked, I asked online, I'm like, empaths, extroverted empaths, how do you go to the grocery store right now? (laughs) Because yes, and and even just newsfeed stuff, it gets to me. And I'm like, I, I have to limit my time on social media so much because I I feel it like it'll suck you in and you you can't you yeah, can't it is, it is. It. yeah and there's there's that's where just people are just sharing their story of what their experience are but they often haven't had the breakthrough the positive mm-hmm. moment so they're still in breakdown mode and every story every great story has that breakdown to breakthrough so what did you learn what blessings did you learn from that that's where you see, you'll see the positive. How have you been able to stay centered throughout this pandemic? I'm a pretty centered gal. I, I, I sense it. I can tell. Like I love I'm it. Moments, you know. But I'm a, I'm a pretty even keeled person. There's, you know, there I have. Like I said, I have my moments, and so I don't I don't watch the news. Only knows, you know, I watch a little bit because my husband has it on, but I rarely, I don't get, I don't allow the news to pull me in and keep my focus because then I'm not really focusing on what I'm here to do. So that is really helpful for me. It's just, is to fill, fill my box with positive stuff, positive people, positive experiences. Me too. I, I honestly do the same thing. Like if, the hardest part for me, in all honesty, because I do, I stopped watching the news about two years ago. I get the updates in the morning, like, and when I say updates, I mean news briefings for less than five minutes total. One from Newsy and one from a local news station here, just so I know what's going on in the world. But then I keep it pushing, and I don't. I get that news briefing usually an hour after I wake up, after I do my miracle morning. And like get myself centered because I can't the the negativity because they don't ever share anything positive. No. So, <laughs> so but positive test results. So, <laughs> but I, I I'll do that. But it's I've noticed in my newsfeed with everything that has happened with the pandemic, like I'll think somebody's positive, and then I've got to completely wipe out half of the people on my friends list, yeah. and then. I'll, I'll be good for a while. And then it's like, oh, something else happens. Let me get rid of people on my friends list. <laughs> so, but it seems like you haven't dippled and dabbled in all of the people that have a bunch of problems this year. And I just, I feel like I just attract those people, I guess. I- <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's just like energetically, vibrationally, I only allow positive people into my life. So even people that women that come through my six figure empowered speaker event, they are that, you know, they get vibration, they get energy, they get positivity. I don't allow anybody who is negative. I just can't. I had one time, one of my year long clients who got a, who got a free ticket for my event. She got another VIP ticket for my event. So she gave it to this woman. This woman calls me up. And she, did she ever have somebody who just like, this had never happened to me before. I'll just share it. So she's like, oh, you're, oh, you're Amanda Rose. Oh, I know who you are. And I was like, oh yeah, I do remember you. You host events in, in, we'll just say in South Florida. Oh, you know about my events? Oh, you want me to come to yours and you won't come to mine? (laughs) And I was like, oh, and I'm not used to having that kind of experience. And I'm like. And I kept thinking, I'm like, I've, I'm a strong woman and I could handle her, but I just felt like if there were some softer souls at my event and she started acting that way to them, they'd be crying in the bathroom, right? And so I was just praying that she didn't register. She said, okay, I'm going to check my calendar and I'm going to register by three o'clock today. It was three o'clock. She hadn't registered. I'm like, oh, yay. Thank you. She had registered. 302, she registers. So now I've already realized she can't come energetically because she would just be really ineffective for the group. And I, I talked to my client. She said, yeah, she is that kind of way. I'm like, okay, it's not just me. And so I had to call her back and say, I'm sorry, the ticket's no longer available. 
<laughs> you didn't like me too much, but I, I just have to deal with that. It was yes. in the interest of everybody else that was going to be at my event. Thank you for sharing that because I mean, I, I don't allow negativity into my life either, but I think I just like polarizing topics. So, and this has been a very polarizing year. So <laughs> I think that that's part of my problem because, <laughs> because, um, that's, that's looking back on the year. That's something that I wish I did differently was not befriend certain types of people because we have a specific interest in mind, but not something else. And it's so hard to tell if someone is a positive person until these types of things actually happen, like, like really happen because it's, it's so much harder to remain positive throughout these times mm-hmm. when yeah. there's so much going on. And, um, just also just staying like grounded and yourself throughout this whole process. So I, that's one of the things, yes, for sure that I definitely, because I say, I don't want to deal with negativity and with my friends, I don't befriend negative people whatsoever, but online it's, I've got some crazy people. (laughs) Well, it is. And then, then you get to choose whether you're going to keep them as friends or not, or just unfollow them because that's the easiest way. And for people that are listening, they might go, oh my gosh, I don't want to listen to so-and-so. Just unfollow them. You don't have to unfriend them. They'll never know that you unfriended them. You just don't see their post anymore by unfollowing them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have been doing that. That's the thing. I've, I've done like a sweep almost. I've done it a sweep twice this year. Mm-hmm. So that's what, what I'm just like, man, really? Again, I need to do it again. (laughs) But you sound like, you know, how did you find who your people were, who you should, who you're supposed to serve? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, even my, myself, I have a hard time finding out who my people really are. Do you mean from like an energetic personality or like clients wise? Um, also because energetic personality is very important to me. I definitely cannot deal with negative people. I definitely have to, I'm a very like a type personality, but I'm also like, I, I, I can work with pretty much anyone, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't work with anyone. Cause I, I need to care about my, you know, so that, I guess that, that is really the tip. How do you, yeah. How do you know? So from a, so you're, you're, I have a cross from my wall. It says your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. And so I always find that the people who come to like to my event or work with me that I, that I choose to work with too, are people who are the same tribe, right? Same vibe, especially long-term short-term. If somebody's a nice person and they have goals, I'll do a half day with them or a full day with them. And then that's it. But if they're going to want to work with me longer term, they really need to be an energetic match to me. So I, there's a great questions that you can ask yourself, right? So what are the characteristic traits of your ideal clients? And one of the things that I was missing because I had a little bit of a, like over motherly to my clients is that my clients, one of the things I added to my thing was my clients take responsibility for their results, right? So if they take responsibility for their results, I don't have to be the mother duckling, right? Always watching, always, I'm still that way in some aspects, but I wanted them to, and that they were going to implement. That was key, right? So they also had to be implementers. So I looked at the characteristics that I wanted to create in with my clients and who I wanted to work with. But the other side of it was, who was I going to be when I get to work with my ideal clients? How could I show up differently? What would I do differently? If you were working, Lydia and the people listening, if you had a a list of clients that you loved working with, would you work with people who are in a match? Probably not, right? No, I would not. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your deal breakers? What are your deal breakers? Mine is if I have a conversation with somebody and I can't get an edge in words, edge, 
I can't even say that edge and you know what I'm trying to say they just keep talking nonstop mm-hmm. and I can't speak or ask questions. They're not a right fit for me because they'll work with me and we'll get nothing done. Because they won't listen. They won't listen. <laughs> they, they, they know everything already. They just want to give you their money. And then that's not, that's not going to be beneficial for them at all. And then that will just, yes, I definitely understand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So really having your deal breakers for you, what's important to you. Right. And so in what, in what type of client that you really want to work with? How has your marketing strategy changed over time since you've had this evolution? Like you've got, you got into business before social media was as popular as it is now. So you've, you've seen how much it can do from you for you. So yeah. What, how has your marketing strategy shifted and yeah. There was no social media <laughs> when I started. I remember my neighbor saying to me, you need to do a teleseminar. Right? So a teleseminar was where people called in instead of going on video. And I'm like, I don't want to do a teleseminar. I only like speaking in front of live audiences. But I'm open to, you know, I'm going to, sometimes I'll fight things and I'll go, no, and, but then I'll do it anyway. So I decided to do it. And then what happens is it expanded my, my reach because people didn't have to be in front of me, right? They didn't have to come. They could, they could listen to me online like people do on webinars and videos today. So it definitely increased my global reach doing that. That's awesome. I, I definitely think that social media and technology has tremendous benefits, especially for people that provide services. And this is, this is a good time to get into it, especially since the world is, but you've already been established. So that kind of, that helped you during this pandemic where you've got, um, so what was your biggest takeaway from the year, I guess, business-wise? To do live stream events, to have an option for people. So obviously you know, in person, there's social distancing and masks and all that stuff and hand sanitizers and all that good stuff. But for to allow people who wanted to stay home for various reasons that they could be just as much in part, part of my event as they, if they were in person. And where do you see yourself in your business in the next five years? So where do I see myself and my business in the next five years? To have a bigger team. So I have a team, but to have a bigger team, I think also energetically calling in the right team, since we were talking about vibrational matches, you want to definitely people, if any team person, make sure they're a match for you, just like a match for a client. So growing my team and to one of my goals is to have a home in the Caribbean over, I live on the ocean. Now in Florida, I want to have a home in the Caribbean, on the ocean, and to be working six months there and six months here. That is so cool. You're going to just be by water yeah. all year <laughs> round, <laughs> which you already are. But why, why the um, Caribbean per se? I just love the vibe of the Caribbean. I want to drive a golf cart around. <laughs> like that's what vehicle I want is to drive a golf cart around. Yeah. Yes. I find that yes. the, the water for me is very healing. So if I am feeling stress, I wouldn't, it's cold right now. It's cold in Florida. So I, which is rare, but the water is really cold. So I wouldn't put my feet in the water, but when the water is um, timid and nice and warm, just by putting my feet in my, in the water, all the stress leaves my body. It just, like, just washes away. Water. Yeah. I, my favorite thing in Florida are the fresh natural springs. Mm-hmm. I prefer those over the beach just because it's like a lake, but it's also pretty and it's cold. It's all of them <laughs> in Florida are really cold. <laughs> They're like 62, 58 degrees. 54 yeah, my, husband, my husband and I, are, we are whims. So we go to, we often go to, other islands but we like Aruba so we go to Aruba and the boy you know we run in put our toes in like oh no it's too cold 
the watery Aruba is too cold for us. <laughs> it's just pretty crazy. Or women. So before you started doing this, did you ever think that your life would be where it is now? Because you, you've like from that six-year-old girl to when you were 40 and you like started working in um, the, for the nonprofit. Yeah. Did you ever think that you'd be living the life you live now? No, I never actually, I never wanted to own my own business because I thought you had to work too hard. <laughs> that's what I would say. So I don't want to own my business. You have to work too hard. And so that's what I believed. And of course, that's what I created initially in my business. You know, so I've learned to let that go and to work with more ease in my business and making sure I get out of my office and normal hour and things like that and take my time off and all that. So I created that craziness of having to work like a mad woman and then release that. And so I never, ever thought that I'd be here to do this. I did have, I had started my business and it was a couple years in and I remember hearing from spirit, God spirit universe saying, you're going to be well known. And I said, in a good way. And they said, yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. So I went to my husband. I said, you know, they told me I'm going to be, I'm going to be well known in a good way. You okay with that? He goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I don't know if I, I'm, I have a, you know, I've helped thousands of people from around the globe, which is amazing. But for anybody that's passionate about what you do, you always want to help more people. Definitely. And I mean, you've helped me so much in these, this past like hour and a half of like spending time with you. And I just want to thank you so much for that, especially because it's just, it's been such a transformation, transformational thing for me because you've given me so many techniques to actually like use that I would have never thought of and I've never heard of. And it's just like, oh, little sprinkles of knowledge. I love that. I love that. People, it's a wealth of information in this head. There's <laughs> a lot of information in my head. Definitely. And I mean, I love the fact that you share it. So giving, you're such a giving person. And I, I just, I really appreciate that. Now, how did you get featured in um, Chicken Soup for the Soul? You know, it's, it was really fate. So this was over, I guess, 15 years ago. And one of my clients said somebody was looking for devotional stories for women. Do you want to write an inspiring story for women? I went, sure. And so I wrote it and submitted it. It was actually about, I had an eating disorder. And so it was all, that was part of my other part of my story, which we didn't talk about. And so it was where the struggle that I had, but I put it in more general terms about using food as a drug, you know, using food to, as a, a way of a companion and the ups and downs. And I sent the story in the next thing I know it's, being released in chicken soup for the soul. That is so cool. That is awesome <laughs> that you like helped contribute to that. Yeah. And when you say yes to life, to opportunities, life, yes, opportunities come back. And your other two books, when did you write those? Yep. So pain-free public speaking, and I apologize, I don't remember the exact dates, so it was probably about 12 years ago and share your story. I'm going to say was probably about four years ago. What are some like tips that you have for someone that wants to write a book really quick? Oh, I have a really great uh, story to share with you because this is how I had written my second book. And I had been talking about writing my second book, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. So actually, can I, I'm going to share my first experience, and then I'll share the second one. So when I wrote Pain-Free Public Speaking, this is how it happened. I talked about it, like many people, they talk about writing a book, writing a book, writing a book, and then I did the same thing with Share Your Story, but I talked about it. And so I talked to my friend Gloria, who's in their 70s at the time, God rest her soul. And so she said, I wrote a book. I said, what do you mean you wrote a book? You don't even have a computer. She says, I was at a class reunion. And this, I ran in, I met my friend and she said her son helped her publish a book. He was a chiropractor who did self-publishing on the side. 
And she said, he took all my poems and put them in a book. What? What? <laughs> he wrote a book. I said, give me his information. Because <laughs> I wanted to, you know, write my book. And self-publishing was the fastest way to do that. So I talked to him. I said, I'll get, I will get the book done in two weeks. Now, I had been writing blog articles, articles for years. So I took many of the articles, refined them, just revamped them, and then looked at what was missing from it. And then put the rest of the book and had it done within two weeks. Then it was just editing and publishing and all that. The second book, which I also talked about how I have to write my book. I have to write my second book. I have to write my second book. I'm watching TV, Own Network, Oprah's Network. Well, I don't know if she owns it anymore, but Own Network. And it was a program called The Help Desk. And The Help Desk would have personal development, spiritual leaders on the other side of it. And you'd have people like Deepak Chopra, Chopra, like famous people. And there was a pastor, and I can't remember the reverend's name. And a woman came up and she said, I want to write my book. He said, let me tell you what to do. For 30 days, I want you to sit down and write. Write whatever comes to your mind. Don't filter it. Don't edit it. Don't do anything with it, but write it. Whatever you want to say every day for 30 days. Then when you're done, you're gonna get rid of what doesn't work. And then you're gonna take the extra time, you're gonna take extra time to fill in the pieces that are missing. And there your book is done. And that's exactly what I did. I did that exact process and finished my second book. That happened, you did those both so fast. And it's, <laughs> it takes so many people such a long time, but those are actually like really- Right? It's really a decision. If we make a decision, we put a date on it because if we don't put a date on it, nothing happens. And for those mm -hmm. that bring manifestation and the law of attraction, if you don't put a date of it, you're, you're saying to the law of attraction, I'm not ready to do it. If you put it out there and you put a date on it, you might find resources, people, opportunities, ideas come flooding in when you put a date on it. I th I'm glad that you mentioned that about the law of attraction. I feel like there's so many people that are into the law of attraction, but they don't use it really systematically at all. They just think, I think there's certain parts that they use that they like that they want to, because a lot of these people don't like to plan or schedule things. And <laughs> but because it's true, you need to put a date on things. Um, and it's not just because the law of attraction isn't just about positive thinking and it'll just, it'll just happen if you just do that. No, there's some action that goes to it too. <laughs> we got it. We got to do some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to do some work. So one of my clients, I am so excited. She's doing her first event, right? So we had a boot camp and in my year long program and she set a goal to do an event. And I, I, as I said to her, build it and they will come, but add some hustle, right? Because <laughs> you can't just build it and expect people to show up. So she's obviously had to put a website up. She put her website up and she sold the 497 VIP ticket in a couple hours with no marketing, like done, right? She's had it up for like, um, I think it was late last week and she's already sold seven tickets. That's three, awesome. Three of them VIP. <laughs> that is awesome. During a pandemic. During like, a pandemic. That's right. There are people. I love that. I love that. Of course. And when you've got, when you have clients that are doing so well, and when you're helping so many people, there's no wonder why you, and you're just in an alignment and you live in a beautiful location. I have to just put that out. Like... <laughs> You've got the water there. <laughs> There's no wonder why it's it's been a an easier year for you than most. You're so blessed, and that's such a. And, and I'm, I'm sure you do. You count your blessings every day, right? I run my gratitudes through. I sometimes don't. I forget, but most of the time I get up and I start just being grateful. What I'm, thank you, thank you, thank you for. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my awesome husband. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love my dogs. Thank you, thank you, thank you for how Peanut makes me smile. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Sunny's just so loving and how he loves his four o'clock in the morning belly rubs. You know, I just start thank you, thank you, thank you for the amazing clients. Thank you, thank you, thank you that Nikki sold all those tickets for her event. 
just start doing gratitudes. It's a way to- It is so important. I I do it too. And I'm like, I I talk to a lot of people and I, I do- a lot of gratitude, but I think, I think also what my issue is, is I work a nine to five job still, and it is a, um, a joy sucker. It's a joy sucker. And it's very mm-hmm. stressful right now because they've done a lot of layoffs. So there's a lot more work and yeah. the industry that I'm in is not what I want to do with my life at all. Um, it's a great, I'm very blessed that I have a job. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to be employed right now. It's not that I'm ungrateful. I just, I do feel at the same time, like I'm being sheltered almost from the world and from what I really want to do. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard because you have that soul calling. Your heart is pulling you in in that direction. Yeah. It's, I know I was in that, you know, for a year, for years, just feeling that tug. One day I'm going to like make the plunge. I'm not ballsy enough to do the whole quit my job though. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> it is, you know, and it was, and I, cause somebody will say to me, wonder I want to quit my job and I want to be a speaker. And, and it's like, okay, so let's one, make sure that you're, you are set up to do that because what happens when some people leave their job, which happened to me too, you get in fear mode. So back to the law of attraction. If you're afraid, what happens? You push away. So you have to really have a, a plan together or the support or and start doing things that start creating the income so it can replace your income. So mm-hmm. that you can confidently go, okay, I need, how many clients do you need to work with that it could at least cover your bills for a while, right? And then start creating those clients. So you can confidently go, I got this. Yeah, that is my focus all 2021. Like, I t- promised my husband he's about to deploy. I, I promised him, I'm like, I'm not going to quit my day job while you're deployed. I'm not going to do that to you. Because we can't make any big decisions during deployment. That's a yeah. like a thing like that I promised that I'm going to stick to. Yeah. So that's the whole, whole <laughs> plan. <laughs> and so with men, in most men's, you have to show them that you can do mm-hmm. it, right? Because if you have a really great husband, I'm sure you do, like I do, they'll support you, but they need to see that stuff's happening (laughs) because they tend to be more logical and just kind of, not all, but they're like, we got to see it. I got to see results. (laughs) At least that's how my husband is, right? (laughs) That's exactly how my husband is as well. And I respect that because I'm I'm very similar. I would like to see it because if he told me that he was going to jump out of the military and just start a business, I would be like, um, honey... Where's the plan? Have you started the business? <laughs> I'm like, I see how you work from home. Let's, um, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm going to, and I guess that's why I've also reflected on like the choices that I've made this year. It's not to like beat myself up, but it's just, you know, really like, what should I do differently? And I, I feel like I've got so much clarity after, out of interviewing you. <laughs> I got so much clarity about my life and it's needed. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, and I appreciate you so much. And I hope the listeners got some clarity too. And definitely, definitely um, check out her links in the show notes below. Like I mentioned before, I could talk to you all night, but I am going to let you go. I really appreciate you so much was there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners because you've shared there were so many good nuggets that you put in here and I just I thank you again so much thank you thank you so I like to say I am where I am in my life because I've been willing to take the next steps so whatever your next step is whether it's to create a social media account around your business whether it's to post a video whether it's to find a way to share your story whatever it is Take that next step because I believe you, if you take that next step, God's spirit universe will take two or three for you, but you've got to take the next step. Thank you so much. That right there is Amanda Rose. I go, and she dropped so many bombs and I'm just, I'm just so blessed to have her. She is the six 
six-figure speaking success strategist. And just thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman podcast, Badass and Unfiltered. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe. For guest opportunities, you can email us at theempoweredwomanpodcast at gmail.com, also linked in the description below.